right. Thank you, men, for that. Well, let's turn our Bibles this morning to John chapter 5. And um, glad to, uh, to be here this morning and uh, thankful for, for your faithfulness to come on a, on a morning session and first thing too. And um, boy, we had a great start last evening and even this weekend for us as a church. And I appreciate that um, we can have um, our preachers here this week and appreciate all of you, uh, you pastors as well, and taking the time out in your busy schedules to be here. I was really glad to, uh, to, uh, to greet uh, many of you last evening and um, get around and looking forward to the, our fellowship um, together as well. We've got some things planned for our pastors as we fellowship together this week. But uh, really good to see, um, I wanted to just greet uh, the Abril family, I haven't seen them for, for quite a while. Uh, Pastor Abril pre- uh, pastors in, in Victoria. And um, their young people used to come up to our youth camps to, to Sydney um, uh, very often. It was, I think, er, at least every year or every other year they would come up. But um, it was a really su- real nice surprise to see uh, Pastor and Mrs. April um, many years ago when uh, Azariah and I were dating. Um, he just came up to us. It was a, during youth camp. And he, he's a, Pastor Abel's a pretty straight shooter. You, you probably noticed he was the one that asked about Peter last night, all right? So, uh, but he, he just looked at Azzy and I and he said, are you two planning on getting married? You know, and, and uh, at that point I was put on the spot and I said, yes, you know. And, but he, he looked at me and he said, you know, I'm going to pray for you both right now. And I remember he prayed, he prayed that God would lead us, that God would bless us and that God would just help us as we, we plan our future uh, together. And I'd never forget that. You know, he, he, just, he just wanted to pray for this young couple who just was starting out in ministry. And, um, and whenever, I, whenever my wife is wondering what happened, how did it end up that I ended up with her, I'd tell her, well, it's because Pastor Abel prayed and now we're married. And so if you ever want someone to blame, you can blame Pastor Abel, all right? So... But we're glad for uh, glad again that we get the opportunity to be here together with you um, this this morning. But John chapter five, I want to give you just a, a thought this morning, and it won't be long. I know that we've got morning tea, and that's really important for everyone today. Hey, see, everyone agreed. Look at that. But uh, we are a Baptist congregation, right? So, uh, but John chapter five. Notice verse one, and we'll read down to verse nine. And this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And, and so we see really a typical scene here. There's, there's, a, there's a body of water. There's porches where you can just enjoy the surrounds of that, and there were people around it, but there was a particular thing about this multitude. It was full of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, and they were waiting for something. And and this is going to be explained in the next verse, in verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So there was a reason why there was a multitude waiting around. 
There was a reason why this, the, the, the five porches were full of those who were halt and maimed and blind and so forth. Because at one particular time in the year, there was, a, there was an occurrence that was miraculous. An angel touches the water and troubles it. And whoever gets there first would get, would get healed. They were all taking their chances. You, you can imagine the, the fame of that uh, being spread abroad and, and uh, the understanding that at least once a year, at least at some point, there's a chance that I could have all of my problems solved. And, and you know, there's a, I think there's a, a bit of a, a general human nature mentality about that, isn't there? You know, we all want a bit of a magic bullet at times. We all want to, to have our, our problems solved and... Uh, if we hear at all that there's a way in which that can be done, then we're interested. I think that's why it's still, you know, it's, it's still very, in, in, in general, there's a popularity with lotto and all of that kind of thing today. People risk and people want to put their money into things that can somehow alleviate their troubles very quickly. That, that, that somehow in this off chance that it's their turn, their numbers get called up, all of their problems can get solved. And I think we would admit that, that all of us here, uh, we'd, rather, we'd rather find a, a quick solution to something rather than, than perhaps even working through the way God would have it. And we find these folks who were just around this water waiting for the troubling of it, waiting for the angel to come at that certain season into the pool. And as the story unfolds, we see in verse 5, notice here, a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Now, that's a pretty long time to wait. We see this man who perhaps for 38 years had been waiting, maybe, maybe initially brought there by his parents, maybe by friends, maybe by others who, who perhaps knew of his infirmity and understood that somehow this could be a solution to his problem. And so we see this man for 38 years had been uh, waiting beside, trying to look for his opportunity, trying to see if he would be the first, finally, to get to the, 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 this certain season when the angel would come. And you, you, we don't know, we don't know the exact number there, we don't know the probability, but we just know there was a lot of people there and probably the probability was pretty low that it would be him. And in fact, we know that it's low because he waited 38 years. He still had that issue. And, and perhaps this man was thinking, well, maybe my time's uh, passed me by. Maybe every opportunity I just look and it's someone else. And sometimes I was nearly there. And in fact, he, he, he says something later on that tells us that actually he was in, in it all on his own. He, he'll say something to the Lord Jesus here as he enters into the scene that actually indicates he, he had really, he had no chance. He, he, had, he, had, uh, he had come to this with a, a real hope, but actually that hope had dwindled. And notice what happens. Jesus enters the scene in verse 6. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, notice the question, wilt thou be made whole? Jesus enters into the scene, and, and I, love, I love just observing the ministry of Jesus. You know, it, often when we dream of doing something for the Lord, often we dream about multitudes, don't we? 
And Jesus had the multitudes. Jesus had crowds following. Jesus had all of these that heard about all of the miracles that he was performing, all of those, uh, the, those miraculous happenings in the nation of Israel all of a sudden. And, and he, had a, he had a crowd. He had a multitude that he often uh, would, would minister to and teach and even feed. And, and yet, you know, so often when you observe the Lord Jesus, it wasn't always the multitude that, that, that he was interested in. It was often always the individual along the way. And there was those in, the crowd, in that, that huge crowd by the pool of Bethesda that had all of those needs, but Jesus zeroed in on this person, particular certain man. And Jesus notices, and of course, Jesus, having all knowledge, he looks at him, he knew how long in that case he had, he, he had been, and he asks a simple question, wilt thou be made whole? And, and you'd think that there would be a, a pretty... Uh, a pretty wholesome response by this person. I mean, you think about the, the situation that he was in for 38 years. He had been waiting for his infirmity to be healed. And here was this one that perhaps knowing or unknowing, he, there was this one who performed all of these great miracles. There was this one that uh, maybe in, in, a, in a greater chance and now a greater opportunity had presented itself, all of his problems could be solved. It was Jesus. And by the way, isn't Jesus the answer to every ailment? And Jesus comes along and he zeroes in on this man. He knows his situation and he asks a simple question, wilt thou be made whole? Now, that really equates to a blank check, doesn't it? That, that is the actual question you want to hear if you're not whole. If you've got infirmities, that's the actual question and that's the actual uh, opportunity that, that he was waiting for. And, and this was a, really a blank check. This was the answer that he needed. And yet, notice his response in verse 7. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but... While I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And, and isn't, that, isn't that weird? Here's a question that Jesus asked, wilt thou be made whole? To me, that's a yes or no question. And Im immediately this man launches into the reasons why he's not healed yet. He, he launches into the, the, the reasons why he's not at the place of, of wholeness and completion. And suddenly, whilst this opportunity had presented itself, he was in danger of actually missing out on the real opportunity. Because he was too busy thinking about all of the times when he missed out. And you could almost sense a little bit of the frustration that this man had. 38 years he had put up with this ailment. 38 years he had hoped and dreamed and, and perhaps even had come close to getting to the, the, the troubling of the waters when the angel would come. And yet here was Jesus making him the offer that he needed. And he was in danger of missing out on the real solution to his problem. And he lays out before Jesus the, 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 the reasons, why, reasons why he wasn't healed. And you know, I began to think about that as, we, as I prepared for this morning and 
You know, I think about the, the times when we're frustrated. You know, maybe there's, there's something that you've been, you've been holding on to. Maybe there's been something that you've been praying for or, or just seeking some sort of solution to. And maybe you've tried every which way. Maybe you've gotten close. And over the years, maybe some frustration has built up. And if we're not careful, when Jesus comes to the scene and comes to us to, to give us a solution, if we're too focused on the times that we've missed out on, if we're too focused on the times that have frustrated us, we can miss out on the very solution that he's presenting right now. We can miss out on the very opportunity that God might be presenting to, to actually get us past the situation that we find ourselves in. And, and you know, it's very easy when we're waiting for something and we're, we're seeking for something to get a little, a little blind to firstly the reality of our situation, but then the reality of our solution. We can get blind to, to the things that are obvious and the, the things that God presents to us that are obvious. And we see that this man was, was given a golden opportunity to, to actually be made whole. It was Jesus himself asking the question. And for 38 years, frustrated that it wasn't coming. And here he was in, the, in danger of missing out. And you know, life is often, life is often a, a, a waiting game, isn't it? Life is often about just understanding when it's time. Understanding that, that you know, God in, in all of uh, His wisdom and all of His knowledge of us, He knows us. He knows, our, he knows, he knows our infirmities. He knows the very things that we struggle with. And at times we lose patience over the course of that because really as people we're looking for some sort of silver bullet. We're looking for some sort of shortcut to the solution. We're looking for some other means and we're looking at some, so the, the means of which others are looking for. And what we see in this situation that we find this man in, of infirmity was he was in danger of missing out. He was in danger of missing out on the, the very solution. Why? Because really what he found himself, what he found himself is, is sometimes how we find ourselves in our response. You know, we might be the, the we, we might have, well, might be going through a, a, a time in our lives where we're really maybe there's some sort of complication. Maybe there's some sort of answer that we need to a situation or an ailment or a, or, or a circumstance that we can't control ourselves. And we look at everyone else and it just seems like it, they're taking their opportunities. It just seems like those things are being presented to them. It just seems like everyone else is catching a break. And here we are sitting for all these years watching everything, everyone else get healed. And here we are, we're just going, well, maybe my time's passed. Or maybe it's just never going to happen. And then suddenly, God in, in, in His graciousness and goodness reaches down to us. And, and maybe today, maybe this the course of this week, maybe in the next couple of days, God's going to give you the response that you need. But if you're... If you're if you're not careful and you've allowed your frustration and you've allowed your impatience and you've allowed the, the, the hurts of missing out to come between you and the solution, 
You, you, might, you might be in danger of missing out on, on where, what, the offer that God has for you this week. And what we find in, in this man's response was that really he, he, he didn't listen. He didn't listen to what Jesus was actually offering. Because it was a simple question, wilt thou be made whole? You ever had an awkward situation where you, someone asks you, maybe at the, at the drive-thru at Macca's, and they ask you a question and then you give them an awkward response? Right? They'll, 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 say, um, they'll say, you know, enjoy your meal, and you're not really listening, so you go, you too, right? And it's awkward. Then you drive away feeling like, well, that was dumb, you know? And, and, and we're guilty of that, uh, really, as, as men, aren't we? You know, your wife is trying to tell you something, and you're just, you know, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And they might be sharing a real, a real deep hurt, and you're just going, yep, 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 because you're not really listening. And this man, he wasn't really listening. He, he was too busy focused in on the issue that he had. And, you know, I think sometimes God actually wants to speak into our lives the very solution we need. But maybe we're not listening because we're too focused on our problem. We're too focused on the times when it could have happened and it should have happened. And, and, and we, we're too focused on the fact that we're still in that situation. We're still putting up with that infirmity. We're still going through that situation and, and we're not listening anymore. And yet, so often, it's not that God's no longer speaking. It's just that we're no longer listening. We're not really interested in what God has to offer us. We're not really too concerned when, when Jesus himself comes and, and through that still small voice illuminates to us the, the Word of God or brings us to a place where we're even confronted maybe with the situation and even maybe with the sin that is in our lives and maybe we've just stopped listening. Because often God will bring us to a simple truth that we need to just take a hold of and listen to. You know, really when you think about uh, even preaching, you know, if you notice there's certain things that your pastor will say over and over again. There's certain themes in the Word of God that are just inherently uh, like a ribbon and a thread that comes through, and it will touch on it or will we'll speak on it. And if we're not listening and we're not in the mindset of listening as the Word of God is being preached, we might miss out on the simple truth and the simple solution that God might have for us. The simple offer. And, and so many times, I know in my own life, there's been times where I should have been listening and I just wasn't listening. I should have been there rather than distracted by the, the problems in my life. I should have been there just listening in for the, for the still small voice of the Holy Ghost, of the, the very words of Christ being preached and being expounded. And, and I missed out. And yet here was the offer, wilt thou be made whole? You know, really simply, he wasn't listening in his response. But then what we know in how he responded is that he allowed, secondly, his disappointment to really define his character. Because here's, here's what 
he, he continued, it, this simple question was answered with all of the excuses. He said, sir, I have no man. Hey, isn't Jesus standing right in front of him? Isn't there someone right there that's offering him the help that he needed? And, and, and yet he's, he's saying, sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, other, another steppeth down before me. You know what he was rehashing? He was rehashing his disappointments. You know, uh, many times, many times we, we can find ourselves, rather than seeking for an actual solution, just being happy to rehash disappointments in our lives. You know, we, we sometimes in our prayer life, rather than what it is where you're making requests to God and, and having that, that fellowship with the Lord and, and having that time of, of, of closeness and intimacy with the Lord, sometimes it just becomes a complaint line. Sometimes we're just, you know, in, in, in really in our frustration maybe, sometimes maybe even in our anger to God, we, we let all of the disappointments out. And, you know, God is very gracious to listen. You notice that Jesus didn't rebuke him. He just let him vent. <laughs> he just let him say it. But, you know, the, 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 the question was simple. And yet the, the response was all about the disappointment. And, and have you ever stopped maybe in your prayer time and maybe just in your own conversations with yourselves, and, and, you know, let's all admit, we all talk to ourselves, right? It's, it, that's okay, as long as you don't respond to yourself, right? And, but, you know, this, this man, he just rehashed his disappointment. Have you ever maybe stopped to listen to yourself when you're praying? Have you stopped to listen to yourself in the things that you always talk about? And, you know, the things that we say define us. The things that come out of our mouths define us. And, and, and sometimes it's those things, and what we're really telling of ourselves is we're just letting our disappointments be the things that define who we are. We, we suddenly, we just treat God like a complaint line, and, and God is very gracious and He's very patient to listen. But that becomes our very character. No, uh, we, we try to teach our children, don't we? When, when there's something that they don't like, to just not complain. They can, they can explain to us why they don't like it. They can explain that they don't like their veggies, right? They, they, don't, they can explain why that's not their favorite meal. But we're trying to teach them not to complain. We're trying to teach them and, and why we understand that it's bad character. But, you know, this, uh, sometimes we allow ourselves that and we, we suddenly become all about our disappointments and and he even rehashes the, all of these excuses, the water, you know, I've got no man, I've got no one to, by my side, the, 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 always someone stepping in in front of me. And what he did, this man's response indicated that his, his disappointment became his character. He was more concerned about being known by his disappointment than really responding to what Christ had to offer. You know, you ever sp speak to someone about the Lord and you're trying to lead them to Christ, and what do they do? You're, you're offering them the gift of salvation. And sometimes all they can complain about is all their hurts from other experiences of religiosity. 
They'll, they'll complain about, oh, I, was, I went to this church and they didn't greet me and, and I grew up in this denomination and they're hypocrites. And, and what they do, they're, they're using their, dis, their disappointment to sort of delay a decision. They're, they're using their disappointment and they'd rather not deal with their disappointment even though the solution to it is right there. And, you know, you, you often talk to people who, and you, you understand, we, we sympathize. You don't dismiss that. You don't say, well, get over it. <laughs> you understand that there are real disappointments. This, this was a real infirmity. This wasn't something that, that you know, he just, he had, it wasn't a stubbed toe. This was a real deal thing that he had, he had borne. He had carried for 38 years, and, and yet here was Jesus, and all he could do was rehash his disappointments. And I think really he found comfort in rehashing his circumstances more than accepting the solution. You know, I think sometimes we can find great comfort in just our comfort zone. And our comfort zone can sometimes be our problem. You know, the human nature sometimes just, just creates for ourselves just all of those, this comfort zone of, of what we, we are known for. You know, we're known, as the, we're known as the despondent one. We're known as the, and we're known for this, and we, we, we perpetuate a certain characteristic because sometimes that's the only way we get to hear ourselves. Sometimes that's the only way people pay attention to us. Sometimes that's the only way we get the, the sympathy that we feel we deserve. And he, and he found comfort really in rehashing his circumstances more than accepting the solution. You know, I think this man, after 38 years, he had just grown comfortable being known as the guy who had a problem. And, and you know, sometimes, sometimes we know and sometimes we know enough that because God has shown us enough how to actually solve our problem, how, how to actually get past the, the, the situation that we face. But, but sometimes we find ourselves just a little bit addicted to being known as the person with the problem. And we're, we just want to be maybe in our bitterness. We may just want to be in our disappointments. We may just want to be in our discouragements. And we might, in, in one sense, say we need a solution, but in another sense, be so comfortable with how our character has become that very thing. And we've got to be very careful. We've got to be careful to, to not be, be, uh, become convenient in, in, our, in our situations, in our problems, and that becomes the only thing that we ever, ever want to be known for. You know, sometimes, sometimes when we're sitting with people, and you know that they, they want to see you. And, you know, as a pastor, they want to, uh, they, there's times where they want to counsel with you. And sometimes you sit there and, and really they just want to rehash and they just want to talk all about, and they don't want a solution. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you open the Word of God and you show them clear scripture on how to deal with that. You show them Bible principles on how to go through and, and, and perhaps navigate through a difficult situation or difficult relationship or whatever the case is. And we know that there's great, great many problems in, in every life. There's things that 
we have to sometimes pray through and, and there's difficulties sometimes. But there are those who just, they just want to talk about their problems. They don't actually want a solution. They just, they just want someone to maybe comfort them a little bit, but, but let me get back to my comfort zone of my problem. And sometimes we're not actually looking for a solution. We just want people to know us by our infirmity. And they talk all about it. And be careful to be comforted in that. And this man, he just, he just started to become known as the impotent man who missed the help. And we better be careful because sometimes all, all we need is actually to listen to what God has to say. And I, I love the fact that in verse 8, there was no rebuke. It was just, this is Jesus who is full of grace and truth. And Jesus simply says this in verse 8, notice with me. Jesus saith unto him, says, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. You know, I love that. It's just a simple, simple word. He said, rise. He just, he said, rise. And we know that, that Jesus in his power and his might, he's able to, even in one word, change our circumstance. You know, uh, many times when, when, when I'm reading through the word of God, sometimes you feel discouraged, sometimes you're feeling low and Sometimes you're, you're, just conf- you're just conflicted about situations in your life and you're looking for an answer. And so many times I'm just in my scheduled Bible reading, God will just arrest that thought just by one verse, <laughs> just by that chapter. And, and Jesus can do that in just in one word. And you know, many times if we're paying attention, many times if we're really looking for a solution, Many times, all Jesus needs to do is just give us his simple word. And it could turn our lives around. It could turn that, that, uh, that, uh, that frustration around. And, and Jesus didn't allow this man to continue with his explanation. He listened, but then he gave him just this, these words, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And he, he immediately, Jesus cut straight to the matter and gave him the words and gave him the command really just to get up. And what I'm saying is that the intervention needed, Jesus' offer to us is often accompanied with a command. You know, the, the, the thing that leads us out of something sometimes is just, is just really to listen in and understand Jesus' command in that. You know, often his, his offers are, are paired with his commands. It was just this, rise. And all he had to do was rise. And, and the power of God's word was enough. And in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 to 16, he says to the nation of Israel, See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. It was a choice. He was saying, you know, I've set before you life and good, death and evil. Death, uh, he's saying it's, it's before you. It's a co- command. I command thee this day. And if you choose to follow this command, then the resulting thing is this. And you know, so many times the, 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 the very obvious thing is just the, the simple commands of God's word. 
You know, we, we, get, we get bogged down in, in the, the, the ways and the secrets of life when it's really the plain things of the Word of God that's so important. It's really the, the very basic things that we, we ought to know. And, and the simple command was just this, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. And, you know, Jesus' offer, it, it needs to be met with, uh, really uh, met with an obedience to the command, but Jesus often needs to be met with belief. Because really this was a point of belief. Will you believe in Jesus? Will you believe in his power? Will you believe in his simple word? Or will you look for other solutions? Will you put your faith elsewhere? Will you, will you look again and perhaps, perhaps reject that and look again to one day maybe that silver bullet coming, maybe one day that other once-in-a-lifetime deal might come? And the solution is simple. You just need to believe. You, know, you just need to understand that this is the, the very words of God. And you need to understand that this is Jesus who is the creator of the world, who is the, the very one who's, who, who was a, the creative agent that came and, and brought the world to existence. And it's in him that all things consist. And, and he's the one that we need. It's not other things. And Jesus' offer just needs to be met with belief. And you know, when we come down to it in verse 9, says, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And we see lastly, we see the completion and immediately the man was made whole. And wasn't that Jesus' offer in the first place? He said, will thou be made whole? And Jesus in his grace, he gives him the, the, the advice he needs. He gives him the command. And, and what it is, if we're going to find ourselves in a, in a place of being made whole, if, we find ourselves, if we're going to find ourselves in a place where we've come through and maybe come to a place of completion, come to a place of solution, it needs to come, and, and really it's got to, the catalyst to that is our simple obedience. Is as God gives us the, 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 the offer, as God gives us the solution, it comes down to our simple obedience. That's the catalyst to our completion. See, the man simply had to obey Jesus' command. God, God has given us everything we need. The Bible says he's given us great and precious promises. The, the Bible tells us that it's, it's, it's everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's everything. And we've got his word to navigate us through life. And he's given us his, his very words and his very mind. And God's given us as his word really as a solve-all. And yet it just comes down to that catalyst of obedience in our lives. It's our, really, it's our disobedience at times that gets in the way of finding completion. And really when it comes down to, to, to it, it's not a question of can I. It comes down to a question of will I. It's not really can you. It's really will you. And it's not whether God is able it's a question of we're willing to take what is given us to do and stop today. You know, we need to just sometimes pause and just go, Lord, I have an issue. Lord, there's things in my life that I'm, I'm still seeking. And Lord, just make it clear to me. And Lord, help me to just continue to seek you. 
you know, we, we need to stop looking at how perhaps we've missed out or stuffed up or made a mistake. And we need to just come to the Lord and go, Lord, I know you've got the solution for me. And Lord, I've got, I know, and I, I want to trust you in that. And, you know, the, the very God who is our refuge and strength, the, the Bible says he's a very present help in trouble. Do we believe that this morning? Or are we just looking around and hoping we can get into that pool? Hoping we can get some sort of shortcut solution when really Jesus is making an offer every day. You know, Jesus is there to, to give us his counsel through his word. And he's the one that can give that answer to our infirmity, to give us an answer to our wholeness. And he can, if you will. And it's not a question of can I. It's really at the end, it's a question of will I. And, and perhaps there's some here this morning, and you're looking for wholeness. There's some things you just, you're, you're, you're dealing with that you're find, trying to find a solution for. I want to tell you that, that you will find it in the Lord. And it's not a, a matter of can he, it's will you. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Lord, for the time that we have this morning, thank you, dear God, for just the fact that we can look to you. Lord, just this simple thing of looking to you, dear Lord, for our strength and our help. And Father, so many times we can, Lord, dwell in our disappointments, dwell in our discouragements. And Lord, we don't want to be in that place. Lord, we need your help. And yet, Father, you're so freely given, Lord, as your people. Lord, you're with us each step of the way and we can reach out to you. And you've given, even given us your word, Lord, to, to be a solve all for all of our, our needs. And so I pray that you'd help each and every one here. Thank you, Lord, for our fellowship together today. We look forward to the rest of the day as we, we hear your word through, through the course of this morning and even tonight. I pray, oh Lord, that you would just, just again, just be with us in, in our course of fellowship I pray that you bless uh, even the food that we're about to have. And then, Lord, that we would just, just trust you through the course of the day, that you'll speak to us the very words that we need. And we're thankful for the power that's in your word. Again, thank you, Lord, for everyone here. I pray that you bless in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name.